All right, guys, welcome back to the Hoosier Talks. Today, I'm here, Indiana Central. I'm joined with IU Sports for Life and Indiana Network. Today, we're going to be going over uh, some things such as Indiana's win last week versus Penn State, a uh, big upset. And we're also going to be covering um, a little bit of the Indiana Rutgers game and predictions and what we think that's going to go on in the game so far. So, if you guys want to start, whoever wants to start talking about the Penn State game last week first, you can take it away. My TV was about 10 seconds behind, so I was kind of on a delay on the Zoom, but I was listening to the fish and him call the Phoenix uh, over the goal line, which is just surreal. And knowing that we haven't beat a top 10 team for so long, and I don't know, it's a new era, and uh, finally getting over the hump. Yeah, 100%. And after that game, after everything that went down, I like I did find it crazy that you you don't usually see four stars like po- posting about Indiana on their story like out of all their offers like like hi- happy that they won and I I would go around on those Instagram stories and I saw like four stars like I'm not gonna name anyone but I've t- I've talked to multiple of them that were even just talking about how they you know how one of them that told me that's a big target a linebacker four star was talking to me about how he knew Indiana was going to win, and he, he doesn't consider it, an, consider it an upset, which is huge for the program recruiting-wise, just moving forward. And I don't know, I've, just lo- I've been looking at it analytically, and Indiana beats Rutgers in Michigan. They're potentially a top-10 team going into week four versus Michigan State, which is huge for the program. Yeah, going off what you said, if we uh, beat Rutgers tomorrow, and then take down Michigan. We, I think we're definitely a top 10 team. And, um, as we saw with last week, that, that was a historic win. Um, I got some comments. Uh, Joseph Daniels commented on my, uh, post and said this wasn't an upset. We expected it. That's very, very good to hear, especially for the program for recruiting. And, um, I mean, I got to go on with what IU Sports for Life said at the final uh, minute 40. I was definitely not happy with our Hoosiers. You guys can attest to what I said in the uh, group chat. <laughs> so, but they turned it around. What a, an incredible drive by Penix to send it to OT and then obviously finishing, finishing it in, in, in overtime. Just a good one, I say, for tomorrow for Rutgers. We just defense and the running game. Needs to be on. Yeah, for sure. And speaking speaking of tomorrow, next week versus Rutgers, we can kind of transition into what we're thinking about next week. The main question, really, on everyone's mind, in my opinion, is: Are we going to have one minute and twelve second in overtime, Michael Penix, or are we going to have the first four and a half quarter, Michael Penix, on overthrowing? That's true. That's very overthrowing, true. Overthrowing, like not being able to make a read, not being able to get out of the pocket. Because you saw how many times he was getting sacked back in there. And obviously I'm going to credit most of it to Shaka Tony and Penn State's incredible defensive line that they've put together. But Big Ten defensive lines are some of the best in the nation. And what you really got to wonder is if are they going to be able to get out of pressure, be able to actually complete passes and be able to make smart reads? Are they going to you know, maybe get locked up by – a Rutgers defense that looked extremely good versus Michigan State. Uh, Brendan White, he was a three-star cornerback. He was committed to Ohio State, played there for a year, and transferred out when the coaching change happened. 
had a forced fumble and an interception last week and looked extremely good. Um, he was also the Rose Bowl MVP when they were in the Rose Bowl versus Washington. So just things you kind of got to look out for with a good defense in Rutgers and a program that is as well on the come up. Yeah, um, I think that with Greg Schiano back, it's going to take him a couple years to get to where he had him at their program at back in 07, those early 2000s. Um, but with all the transfers that he had, I, I believe it was one O-lineman from Ohio State even transferred this year. Um, he just – he's building the program back, and it showed then – I don't think that Michigan State was very good. I, I didn't expect them to be very good. But whenever you force seven turnovers on any team in college football and all, it's impressive. Um, on your picks, uh opinion, I think that – Partly of the issue last week was he hadn't played since November. He hadn't gotten hit since November. Um, he missed a couple of people, Ty right in the end zone. Hendershot should have caught that, but he was worrying about the ref. Um, I think that he'll hopefully get that rust off this week and we can stop playing conservative on first down and actually give him time a little bit more on the O-line and, uh, Hopefully, throw some deep balls and Penix can finally get back to it. But I, I think he'll be fine by the end of the year. I think he'll be back to yeah. Form. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. He just, I, I think you're right. I think that was just he was just sticking off a little bit of rust because you're right. He hasn't been hit since November, and um, or not January. Sorry, but um, no, he didn't play in the. He didn't play in the. Oh wait, yeah, no, you're right. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, Ramsey played in that. I'm yeah, I'm losing it here. Yes, you're right, November. But um Well speaking of Ramsey, he had a he had a great game. He did have a very good game. Yes. That was that proud of our proud of our Yeah, very proud of him. That was that was a good one. That was a very good one. Yeah, I've I'm a big Northwestern guy for the Big Ten West now because of Ramsey. Everything he did for our program, he was a great quarterback. Um just the talent in Indiana's QB room, if Ramsey would have stayed, would be too much. I mean, obviously, I have trouble justifying why Jack Tuttle wouldn't start almost at any other school, like, in the Big Ten besides the top heavy teams. Like, Jack Tuttle is an amazing talent who's sitting behind Penix, who's an amazing talent as well. So you're not really going to get – you're not really going to get a QB room that's going to be one person who's going to be starting all the time. So – him transferring out after everything he's done for the program, I feel like he definitely deserves to be able to go and start at Northwestern and potentially lead them to uh, lead them to something bigger with Wisconsin out for a little bit, potentially um, Big Ten championship run. I mean, if everything goes according to what they want, I mean, if Wisconsin can't play with how Northwestern played, I think they could be one of the better teams in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I think that um... – Northwestern, the key thing they were missing last year was uh, a QB and consistent QB play, that is. And I think that Ramsey there, he'll bring – he won't do necessarily maybe great every single year or every single game like he did last week, but he's still going to play pretty consistently. And he showed he, he's showed that past three years that he was at IU. And I really think the only reason why he left was he wants to go to the NFL. And I don't think that you can take that chance to be – Penix right beside you, and it's a 50-50 shot if you actually get that starting job or not. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think it's a very, very, very good that we have Tuttle right behind Penix, just in that unfortunate case that he does get injured. We have a great quarterback that has experience um, already that can with that we can trust and play just as good as hopefully Ramsey did. For sure, for sure. And with that, the new addition to the Big Ten, that, that ninth game, that's going to be uh, either the Big Ten championship or the seeding, like the first and first, first, second, first, second, et cetera. I would love to see potentially maybe a Northwestern-Indiana matchup, which I could honestly see as a real, realistic in the standings and aligning for both of them, something I'd find pretty entertaining, being able to see Ramsey play against his former team and just, you know, kind of be able to bring back the memory as one of their last games of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be pretty to uh, have that their final game against Northwestern. That that that'd be pretty cool. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's obviously one thing you gotta look forward to. Um another thing I've kind of been um looking at top heavy that like that's kind of been on the top of my mind is how Indiana is going to prepare for Rutgers after a big win. I know um, I use Sports for Life. I know you follow this page. I'm not sure if in, if uh, Network does, but anyone listening, I highly suggest on Instagram you follow at Indiana Tough. It's basically their recruiting page, and it's a lot of just inside information on how their team operates day to day. And uh, every day they put out um, like an interview, like a 30-second interview with a couple coaches and players and seeing their mentality of how they're going to come out of um, how they're going to come into Rutgers from in from a huge win, quite frankly, is it's just it's honestly like shocking to me saying that, OK, we won versus Penn State. We got our name out there. We don't care anymore. That's a big win, but it doesn't matter. And focused 100 percent on Rutgers that they're like and they're like focused on them like they're a top 10 team, like in that they're like a major threat, even though in reality, they're pretty much just decent or below average yeah um I think with Tom Allen's attitude he's never gonna let um or do the best that he can he's never gonna let uh the players overlook any team whether that's Rutgers whether that's Michigan State whether that's an FCS team it doesn't matter um obviously he said that the word for this week was focus and with how much media attention he's gotten he was on ESPN ESPN2 stadium on these different types of radio stations, too. I mean, it was 80% of him just doing the radio stations and interviews and stuff. Um, so you kind of, how Alan likes to put it, you're most blinders on, and you just got to move forward. And Rutgers is, we're not going to blow them out at 35 to nothing like we did last year, and they showed it in week one. And you can't underestimate a team. And I think that brings a winning attitude and a winning that's what all winning teams should do and do do, I believe, um, preparing for each team like, you know, they're the best team in the country. So, A couple comments on that, too. I've always seen, well, like you've seen James Franklin, what he tweeted out about Indiana, how he tweets the team he plays, they're going to play that week over and over and over again. No matter who it is, there's, they're still giving them the same amount of attention on how they're going to prepare for them. And that's what honestly made a winning culture at Penn State and how they've been one of the better teams in college football. So that really just shows going into those games is big because I remember Indiana used to play down to their opponent's level, and we always used to really keep it tight with the bottom of the pack guys, some of the non-Power 5 guys, and we always used to play up to Michigan and Ohio State's level. 
I remember a long time ago, I was talking about this with um, iSports for Life earlier. Indiana lost to Bowling Green, one of the, one of the MAC teams under, I don't, I don't remember who that's up under. Do you think that was Kevin Wilson? Yeah, that's Wilson. Yeah, under, under Wilson, we lost to Bowling Green, which was a terrible loss for us, but you gotta, you gotta realize with, with the mentality we had right now, we have right now, we're not gonna let that happen. And it shows as well, with Eastern Kentucky last year, we blew them out 55 to zero and looked like one of the best teams in the nation while we were playing them. And we didn't play like we were scrapping it out one on one, you know, obviously. Ball State, we'll just say that's a different story. We didn't play too good versus Ball State, but we got into the hang of it, ended up turning it around. So really just shows you how the mentality of this Indiana football program's taken a, like a full 180 in regards to how they're going to come into the week and play. Yeah, I agree. Mentality is everything. If you, if you walk in there, come into the game thinking you've already got it won, that's not good at all because more likely than not, you're going to go in there and lose because, as you said, you're going to play down to your opponent's level when you know you can absolutely destroy them and then end up losing the game when you should have won it. And I feel like, I mean, even though James Franklin thought about Indiana like that, I don't think their players did, and I think that's what had us up 17-7 to for most of the game and had us winning because our players knew. And I even remember talking to – I'm not sure if it was Bryson Bonds who said this when we were talking about Wisconsin – that they, they thought they were going to blow out Wisconsin is what is what he told me, I believe. And that's just not something you're going to hear from many teams that are going to be like, okay, we play one of the better teams in the nation. We're probably maybe top 50, maybe top 30. We're, we're expecting to blow them out. Like that's not something you're going to hear under pretty much any other coach besides Tom Allen. Yeah, um, I think that everywhere where Tom Allen goes, he was at Ole Miss before, he was coaching high school ball in Florida and Indiana before that. Um, I think that he just has the right winning mentality for basically any team. And if you get on his motto, uh, he, he will take you to the promised land. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do with Indiana in three years. L-E-O. L-E-O. Leo. That's the big one right there. And that's, Again, talking about recruiting, I feel like that resonates with a lot of those high school players um, very well. I mean, I know a lot of people might come, a lot of those people come from places that maybe like Memphis and down in Florida that are used to really good college football. Like um, Memphis has Memphis University who made a Cotton Bowl. Florida, they have Florida State with a, they had a winning mentality. Florida University, Miami University, some of the better teams in the nation. And they're, they're not preaching that like Tom Allen's is going to preach. And they're not going to be able to, like, adjust to maybe that, that sense of mind if they're going to play. Um, so I feel like recruiting-wise, that LEO mentality um, is really big. I mean, and I've also heard people say coaches are supposed to be a second father. And your your team's your, your brothers. Like, that's your family. Loving each other, that's the only way you're going to succeed is if you are – you're pretty much family. You're tight lock with the rest of your team. That's how you're going to succeed as a team. I mean, yeah, again, I agree. Oh, yeah, you go ahead. I agree. Yeah, you're right. It's, I mean, most of these guys, some of these guys you're with for four years, you're practicing, you're sweating, doing everything with these guys. And you're right, having your coach 
is kind of like having a second father and um, loving each other is really, really going to help you on the field. Cause if you don't love each other, then you're going to have some problems and you're not going to win many games. So. Agree. Agree. And then I don't know, did you guys see the video on the field? Um, it was one of Tom Maloney's next to Michael Penix, um, Grimmel, Grant Grimmel, the, one of the scout team quarterbacks and um, Jack Tuttle, I believe. And they're all standing there. And, um, and Tom Allen's telling them, no matter what, we're together. No matter what, we're together. And they're all huddled around. And I think Michael Penix is talking to, I'm not sure who he's talking to, maybe Stevie Scott saying, I got it in. Like, I know I got it in. And they're all huddled around. And they call that. And they just erupt and run into the locker room. And that really just shows how tight-knit they are. And then again later when Tom Allen's given that speech to him, one of those players yells out from the crowd, we love you, coach. And everyone just starts erupting and clapping for, for Tom Allen. So that really just shows how, you know, they're they're there for each other no matter what. Yeah, I um, I think that uh, they truly do uh, love him. And I don't see how, especially whenever how good that probably win felt for Tom, um, he enjoyed it throughout that night, and he had to get it right down to business. But in that moment, I think he uh, he probably teared up in the locker room a little bit before he uh, was talking to his players there. Um, but not to shift anything, uh, but I don't know if you guys have any breakout players uh, for this week against Rutgers um, tomorrow. I do, I uh, do. But also, additionally to the, the Tom Allen thing before we move on to breakout players, um, I don't know if you guys remember us, but last year when we played uh, when we played Nebraska, do you guys remember how in the post game interview he started crying? That really just shows how much he cares about this team, and that it's more than a more than a big paycheck for coaching a Power Five team. It's just being able to mentor these young um, young men into potentially NFL stars, and then if not, being able to get this degree for all these young men's and young men and letting them move on and be successful in life where some of them might have grown up where the opportunity for that wouldn't be as likely and um, maybe breaking out of a system where some of their family members don't go to college, haven't been to college, because I've seen many people being the first in a generation to go to college and off of being playing football and just kind of being able to change the way their family is around for the better. So it really is a great opportunity for these young men under his spectacular coach and Tom Allen uh, to be able to um, go out there and compete every day. And that really just shows the mentality and the, the bondage of this team and something that's really special. But yeah, did you want to start with the breakout players at eSports for Life? Um, sure. Uh, I don't know who you guys have, but I think defensively, uh, Reese Taylor on special teams anyway this week, I think he's going to do some, more great things than punt returning if he does, um, depending on which, if he does kickoffs or if he does punt returns. I know in Penn State he had that great, I believe it was probably about 25 yards um, return that set us up in good uh, range to get a good shot and get a touchdown. Um, but I, I think that he's going to probably get a couple of tackles on defense, um, maybe an interception, and special teams, it always helps. Uh, especially in those punts whenever you have good field position. Um, offensively, I, I think that Penix is definitely going to have a good, good bounce back, but I expect to see Samson James a lot. Um, Still my guy. Especially if we're, uh, 
if we're leading late in the game by a lot, I think that we want to kind of sub Stevie Pennix, all those wide receivers out, uh, and defensively too. And we're going to see Samson hopefully get a touchdown or two. And, um, Rock is number six now with his new number. You gotta, you gotta also remember that Samson James is, uh, flipped from Ohio State that Mike Hart went out and, uh, took him, got him back in his home state. He's from Avon. Ohio State recruited him really well. Um, Indiana offered him, took him on a visit, and a week after he committed to Ohio State, flipped to Indiana, which was huge at the time. But seeing the direction this program's going into, it's great for him, great for them. Um, I think I think they might they might have had a little. I'm not sure what happened this off season, but you saw Ronnie Walker and Samson James entered the transfer portal. Samson James inevitably returned. Ronnie Walker went back to his home state in West Virginia, so I'm not I'm not West Virginia in Virginia, so I'm not 100% sure what happened there. But they were able to get it sorted out. We have a really really solid running back uh, group, including as you um, as some might mention. Uh, it depends really where you put them, but Aaron Lloyd on specialists would probably be my special teams breakout player. Um, you can obviously put him at running back, but I feel like he's due to play really well with maybe a couple of injuries. Um, so I feel like that could be big. On defense, I feel like Jalen Williams, he had an amazing game. I feel like he can solidify himself as a NFL prospect this season if he continues how he plays. Um, extremely underrated player. Indiana has one of potentially the best secondaries in the Big Ten. Um, in my opinion, one of the most underrated secondaries in the in the entire league. Like, very good defensive play. Um, usually get multiple turnovers a game with Taiwan Mullen and all of them. But I feel like um, potentially, um, I'm not sure if he's playing. I haven't seen much of him. But Josh Shangetti, if you know who that is, he was a cornerback from Florida. I'm not too sure much on him, but I really like the way he's looked um, in high school and that, so I feel like he's potentially a breakout player if they're going to let him get in. And then um, on offense, I'm going to say in general, just the young wide receivers, um, Jacoby Hewitt, um, someone who I'm excited to see a big recruit for us in the 2020 class, uh, Rayshon Williams. I mean, who who else am I forgetting? That's a young wide receiver who's going to play. Who's going to play? I'm not sure. Miles Marshall. Miles. Well, he, yeah, he's already played. Unfortunately, he took a big hit, but uh, they say he's going to be back. I, I believe, though. Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, not to discredit the older guys too. Wap Fillier had that toe tap in the end zone to tie uh, to bring us the. Game-winning two-point conversion. Fry Fogel obviously had a he had a lot of targets. Um, Penix wasn't on his game as we discussed earlier, but I feel like he definitely could have gotten a lot more receptions and um, been a lot better if he was on if uh, Penix was on the money. So um, don't discredit those guys. Hendershot had a a little bit of a, a messy game, but gonna give him after everything he's been through with the legal stuff, being able, you know, being suspended from the team and being back over the offseason, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, he still played pretty decently. And um, the young tight ends did as well as um, Bajorn. And who's the other tight end? Uh, Ivy didn't play. Yeah, DJ Ivy. Yeah. So, obviously, all of them are going to look pretty good. 
in my opinion. But yeah, I'm just really excited to see how uh, how the receiving core is going to come together this next game, and then the secondary will as well. Uh, personally, you guys have pretty much named all mine, but I think offensively, uh, I say Fillier and uh, Fryfogel. Fryfogel, you're right, he did have a lot of targets, but you're right, Penix wasn't really getting them to him. But if Penix gets them, I say Fryfogel has a pretty good game. Uh, Fillier, um, with that toe tapper in the uh, final seconds or the. And um, OT, but I think um, I think Fillier will have a pretty decent game tomorrow. And I think, um, as you said, I Sports Life, uh, uh, Reese Taylor, I think he'll have a pretty good game. And um, if Mullen's back, if he's good, I, I think he'll have a pretty decent game too. All right. Well, now let's go ahead and get our predictions in here for Rutgers tomorrow. Um, I personally think that Rutgers is definitely on the rise, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but I think especially coming off of the Penn State win, if we stay focused and we don't overlook this team at all, which I don't think we will, um, I think we win pretty good, probably about by 20. So I'm going to say 34-17. Yeah, that's good. And kind of have that range. I was thinking uh, 35-21, to 21, I was going to give them a nice even game. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's it's just kind of a prediction. So up or down with both numbers, but two to three touchdown win in my opinion. Um if Rutgers can keep it close obviously it's gonna be a whole different story, but the way Indiana was looking last week for a good opponent in Penn State, I don't see him being able to um let that many points up on the Rutgers side after an amazing defensive performance. I would say about uh thirty five seventeen just Rutgers put up some points last week, but obviously we did so I expect it to be a two, maybe three touchdown game. All right, and to wrap this uh, wrap this up, we're gonna talk about maybe a little bit of Indiana recruiting. Uh, we'll start we'll start off with the littlest news in the basketball. Um, Indiana lost out on Trey Kaufman. He committed to Purdue, which uh, Indiana shouldn't. I mean, obviously he would have been a big get for Indiana, but Indiana's in good position with people like Mason Miller and uh, Aminu Muhammad, and we also have um, a commit in Logan Duncombe. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to be pretty decent with the, with the recruiting class for 2021 for basketball, even though Kaufman's an um, extremely good talent. I wish him the best, you know. Uh, but still, um, good luck to them and all them. Do you guys have anything to add about the Trick Hoffman? Um, I feel bad for him. His day was kind of ruined by that. Um, adding on to what you said about uh, Mason Miller, you mentioned him. I think he's a musket now because I think we need another big man um, for depth-wise and all that. So not getting Trey Kaufman, I think that our top priority right now needs to go into Mason Miller. Agreed. Network? Uh, I agree with him, too. I'd say Kaufman hurt, but now we need to focus our attention on getting Miller. So. All right, so – Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Blake Les- Wesley, who's a in-state shooting guard, uh, four-star, who cut Indiana from his top six that he just put out as of March. I mean, not March, as he just put out as of October 30th. Um, he cut Indiana off. We hadn't been contacting him for a long time, so 
obviously not a shocker. Um, he obviously wasn't a main priority for us, so we should be fine with that that loss in him. Um, and then again, obviously, Aminu Muhammad and Mason Miller are the two big two big guys that Indiana is going to need to focus on uh, for 2021 after uh, Lander reclassified and all that stuff happened and went down, so they can be ready for the ready for the upcoming season. We're going to talk about Indiana um, football recruiting. Some of the guys that's going to be at the top of our board are going to be the amongst the likes of um, Travell Mullen. You might recognize the last name. It's Big Brothers on Indiana currently. He'd come in 2022, so they'd be able to potentially play together if Mullen doesn't leave for the draft. Um, and it's uh, he's obviously high on Indiana because his brother's at Indiana, so uh, something to potentially look forward to. Again, we have... Some in-state guys, Joe Strickland, um, talked really high on Indiana after the after the win. So that's obviously something to keep your eye on. Omar Cooper, teammate of 2021 Indiana commit, Donovan McCauley. Um, I've heard that, obviously, they go to school together. So you obviously want to look for those two together and potentially see see them team back up at Indiana as a QB wide receiver duo. Um Demon Moore, he's an offensive guard from Indiana as well. Um, he has some pretty good offers, Ohio State, Penn State, the likes um, among them, Arizona State as well. So there's someone you're going to want to look out for um, with a bunch of good offers. So hopefully a good season for Indiana will lock them in. And then as well, um, Caden Curry, he looks kind of like an Ohio State guy right now, um, but from what he said on what he said, I saw this. Uh, someone said on twenty four seven that it's Indiana, Ohio State, Oregon, and another team that are he's interested like this top four that he's interested in. So Indiana, obviously in good company along them. Um, with all this craziness of Ohio State recruiting, you hope that he gets lost in the mix and slips into. Slips into Indiana's hands, um, and can stay home and be a Hoosier. Yeah. So, you have anything to add, either of you, about any of the football or basketball recruiting? Anything? Anything you've heard? Anything you want to talk about? Um, you kind of mentioned it there. I, I know that we, uh, I think we have a pretty good shot at getting Joe Strickland, um, Omar Cooper. I think that we very possibly could get because of Donovan. Um, but other than that, there's a couple of other in-state guys, but those are kind of not fully I'm confident on right now. So other than that, I think that I'm good. It's looking like uh, Popeye Williams is probably going to Penn State. Uh, yeah, but Indiana, you know, one of the better recruiting classes for sure that we've had in the past couple of years. Um, potentially one of those, the better ones up there, maybe – Besides the twenty, the like the twenty nineteen one, I believe that we landed Samson James, uh, Bo Robinson, and uh, Cam Williams, all four stars out of Indiana. So things are looking up for um, Indiana football in general. I know in twenty twenty three we have a it's like the fortieth overall ranked player in the nation. He's a linebacker from Indiana, so obviously in good position with him him as well. So something to keep your eye on, something to look forward to. Um, you know, be excited for the future of Indiana football. Um, you know, after after the rough spurt of the 
last, you know, maybe decade or so, uh, finally back on track with Indiana football. Got to hope Tom Allen one day is going to be able to take us to the promised land of the Natty Championship. So big things to look forward to. Uh, that's all I really have to say. If either of you want to say something to wrap it up, um, you can go ahead. But that's all I've got. No. Um, on Rutgers and 2-0. Oh. Go up in the ranks, beat Michigan, let's become a top ten team. Yeah, uh, Elio, that's, that's about it. Hey, shock the, shock the world. Under each of my posts on Instagram, under each of the game day posts, I have shocked the world. You know, Rutgers, if you look at Rutgers, they're unranked. You know, Indiana's projected the win. How is that going to shock the world? You know, it's, that's not really the mentality. You know, you got to go out there and play play your best every day. You got to shock the world and show them your talent, you know. Go out there. If the world thinks you're going to beat them by 11, which ESPN does, go out there, beat them by 12 or more, you know. Shock them, you know. Prove them wrong and go out there and play your hardest. Agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all for the Hoosier Talks. Thank you guys for joining in. Uh, going to probably try to be more consistent with this. Uh, probably have one out for Michigan week, talking about the Rutgers game, and just update you guys with that. So, Thank you guys for listening. That's all from Indiana Central. Yeah. See you guys uh, soon, next week. Yep. Yeah, we'll try and get uh, one out from Michigan next week. And uh, that's all I got to say. L.A. beat Rutgers.